Hey everybody, welcome to Multi Multi, the podcast in which we talk about the multitude of multi-site student ministry, and we are excited to be back here with you guys again with a, uh, I think, a really interesting, exciting way of approaching an episode uh, that came to us from one of our new co-hosts, Gina. Hey! Good to have you with us, and I'm uh, here with always, as always, with Kim. And as we like to call him, Mike List Trevor. So <laughs> for anyone who's ever binged through our podcast or listened to a couple of episodes, for some reason, EJ always likes to talk about the fact that you're here, but just not on mic. But I think we need to get you a mic at some point. You deserve it. Uh, but we are, uh, we are excited. This episode idea actually came from, some of you guys might not even know this, uh, there's a multi-site student ministry Facebook group. And unlike other Facebook groups, which we are active participants in and we love and see great value in and enjoy the controversy as well that ensues in them. <laughs> this one does not have a ton of people in it, um, which I think we need to change. We got to add some people. We need more people. So it's just multi-site student ministry. You can uh, search it. We'll post about it and everything. But um, I've enjoyed it because it is actually a smaller group of people, uh, about 115 or so private groups who you have to uh, ask to get Get in. I'm one of the admins of it, and I would love to be more active in it. But Gina, so are you saying sweet talk, uh, Joe, to get into the group? Make yeah. sure like you, they build you up in some way, or it's really simple. I just you know accept all. Oh, okay. <laughs> I will click on and stalk through and kind of like oh see what kind of church they're in, and I love it too with being able to be an admin in it. Uh, John Simmons from Rush Creek allowed you know gave me that blessing. Is that. Uh, I get to see more multi-site churches. And as Absolutely. we know, there's a ton of them out there. That's the heart of this podcast is seeing that there is uh, the multi-site movement continues to grow. It's been unprecedented in its growth over the last decade plus, uh, but there's not a lot out there in regard to resources uh, for for multi-site student ministry specifically. And so when we were at the conference, Gina was down there with her team as well. Uh, Marco talked about us being the only multi-site student ministry podcast, which by default makes us the best multi-site student ministry podcast. We are the number one rated multi-site student ministry podcast. But that's what they're saying about us out there. That's what that's what the people are saying <laughs> by default. By default, I'm not, little claws at the end. I'm not with trying an to invite in any challengers. More so, more conversation because that's the heart of this podcast is for us to learn together, Absolutely. for us to share from the mistakes that we've made, the grace that we've received, and to have further conversations with other people out there, whether directly on the podcast, bringing experts or people who are living the multi-site life daily, or through this episode. Via our the the multi-site student ministry Facebook group. Yeah, one thing I love about this multi-site student ministry Facebook group, and similar to just the heart of this podcast, is people share resources. So they ask yes. questions, they ask for help, and everyone is so generous and like, hey, email me and I'll send it to you. And that's what's great about this community. So if you're not a part Absolutely. of the group, jump in. Yes, very very open-handed and lots of room to grow. Uh, and so unlike some of your your campuses, maybe we'll cut it off at some. Point. <laughs> so, so Kim, I know that you've got some questions that you want to toss our way as we are answering some of the questions that are on the Facebook group today. Absolutely. No, I just want to 
kind of go off what Gina said, the community of learners, right? Like no one's got to figure it out. So to have a place where we can all go and benefit from each other's gifts and um, things that they've figured out amidst doing ministry, but also the areas in which they're like, yeah, we failed in this about a year ago, but here's what we learned. So don't fail on your end. Um, So I, yeah, I think it's a great place. So get connected um, and find some support and resources while you're at it too. Uh, So Austin Walker on there um, posted a question about metrics and we wanted to really dive into that today and really uh, just unfold what are metrics, why we do them, how often we update them, like just a bunch of questions. So I'm going to go ahead and start at the foundation of things and really the purpose behind it because let's define that and then build off it. Why do we do metrics in the first place, Gina and Joe? Yeah, you know, I'm married to a teacher and um, so what's measured helps you to know how effective you are. Um, and many of you probably heard your pastors or someone that you work for remind you what's measured is what's valued. Mm, so I think true. it's really important to pay attention to what are the things that we're measuring or not and why is that? Um, how do you know that you are being effective in ministry? How do you know that things are sticking? Uh, so I think metrics are really important and sometimes things that we're not good at, especially if you're like the visionary, creative typical student pastor (laughs) stereotype you're like oh details and spreadsheets yeah it's not about the numbers man you know I don't care about that which I I think one we have to identify is always going to be attention uh, you know, when somebody asks about numbers, whether it's the number of campuses you have, number of staff, number of students, and so on, uh, it can you know seem like a personal thing. Like if somehow it's not larger than this, then you are somehow lesser. And uh, but going back to that very thing, we are called to be good stewards of that which we have been blessed with. We do want to make sure that we're being effective, um, not so that we can you know hang our hat on something. This was the best game ever played but because it also was a you know a game that involved plenty of students and it created community and that community allows for discipleship to occur and discipleship is at the end about multiplication you Mm -hmm. look at the great commission go therefore into all the world and make disciples we are all around this table and many of you are listening because other people went out and multiplied disciples and so I, I think it it really comes down to a value question. There is a natural tension in it in wanting to compare uh, quantitatively. And there's the other tension in how do you do it quantitatively and qualitatively? Because it's really easy to track metrics via numbers. But if one of your metrics is prayer, how do you track how many people Absolutely. are praying? <laughs> so, yeah, or discipleship and disciples being made. How do you track something like that? Yeah, because you can say this student has come to know Christ. And right. so, yeah, so they're at the beginning phases of discipleship. But how do you measure spiritual growth? Yep. What does that look like in a quantitative slash qualitative sense? So um, it is a value thing. So I think there we need to do it. Um, I don't think a ton of people are great at doing it. And some of those tensions are the reasons why. Yeah. And with that, you know, you mentioned qualitative, quantitative, and what you value. Like, those are all great foundation pieces that I think will lead to this next question, help you answer this next question, right? Like, what metrics then do you track? And how do you keep track of them? Kind of a twofold question. But let's start with what metrics do you track? This is uh, when I was thinking about this. 
when you're making decisions, it's good to have data and to make informed, really good decisions, even about are we going to do this event again? Um, remember, like, Super Bowl weekend or spring break? Remember how no one showed up because they were yes. all somewhere else? Well, having the actual data of attendance really just helps you make better decisions for your ministry. That's right. It helps you not waste time by doing things that just aren't working. Yeah. Um, but I would I break things down into two things. One, what are the things that we measure weekly? What's, like, our weekly scorecard that we're paying attention to? And then I look, look at it annually. What are the things that we want to celebrate annually, yearly? That just really helps us um, measure the ministry effectiveness of what we're doing and helps us also to celebrate the story of what God has done in our ministry year after year. Uh, Because we want to celebrate what's celebrated gets repeated. It honors God. It brings um, excitement and hope to to your volunteers, to your parents, to the people you work with to be like, hey, let me tell you about how many kids came to camp and how many made decisions or took that next step in their faith. It helps you to be a really good storyteller. Um, So I break those down into those two categories. What's yearly, what's weekly? And then I can unpack that a little bit more for you, but I'm curious to know what Joe has to say. Yes, yes. And actually, I was going to say, I would love to hear, like, what's on that scorecard? What do you celebrate? And um, even as you're talking about, too, of, like, what... that that all those things that celebration produces, and I think it also it's it's accountability and it invites people into that greater story because how often do we on the front end of things talk to parents or whoever about you have to get your student involved with group you have to get your student a part of a mission trip you have to get your student a part of retreat and there's that big push they get signed up they go then there's no follow-up afterwards with your campus staff or across all the campuses or collectively together as a church family to celebrate that work. And so there are sure some people who are sitting in the audience like, hey, I gave money for that kid, for kids to be scholarship to camp, and I never heard anything about what happened at camp after that. I would love to know. Absolutely. You know, I was excited about investing in this, but what's, what's the fruit? How did God work? So, um, well, I'll, I'll, I'll answer, but let me throw it back to you, though, real quick. What is on that scorecard that you say you do weekly, and how do you guys physically celebrate annually? Right, yeah. Uh, I'll tell you a few things. One, some of these are aspirational and some that we're really leaning into right now. And on a real simple simple level is tracking weekly attendance every Monday by noon. It's due, and we have, like, a shared Excel document that that goes in. And that's um, multi-site, correct? For across all campuses. Awesome. So you can click on each tab and see each campus. And then also counting volunteers and students separately. People love to inflate their numbers by adding <laughs> oh, in volunteers. Yes, like, yep. pastor math. Yeah. Um, so both separately. And that also helps you to see if you're in ratio. Like, do you have enough volunteers for the number of students at that's your campus? Um, so it helps you problem solve by doing that. So real simple is attendance of students and then the number of volunteers serving also track um, the number of student volunteers serving it just it oh, okay. shows I think that shows discipleship yeah. when cool. you're like oh this is how many students are serving in some capacity at our campuses and then um, the other the third area is contact work which is time spent with parents with students and with volunteers um, so I would ask like what are the number of parents that you're connected to outside of programming and that's a little harder to track mm. but it's like beyond your weekly email to parents, how many um, parents have you had coffee with? Have you sent a personal text to? Like that. Um, so that one is more aspirational. That's something that we're moving towards yeah. as we like really want to champion um, partnering with parents 
measuring it really helps to know if you're being effective in that area. And then um, the other thing is the number of students that you're connecting with outside of programming. How yeah. many kids have you hung out with this week? So we'd ask our volunteers that and try to um, track that as best as we can. Um, and then the number of volunteers you're connecting with outside of programming. Um, so those are the three, three things, attendance, volunteers, and then contact work. I love that you guys are looking to track intentional ministry. Like, I think that's such a sweet piece. And I, I don't think, I have never heard that on anyone's metrics, right? Like, just, hey, what are you doing outside of the regular programming, the regular, um, you know, individuals that are coming into the building? What are you doing outside of these walls to really pursue discipleship and intentional ministry? So I love that piece. And I think that's something applicable to all our environments. We need to be good stewards of our volunteers, really make sure that we're reaching out to those parents and keeping that contact there and same with our students yeah very much so and and for us a lot of it is going to fall more so in the aspirational and one of the things that we've been trending towards over the last year are kind of trying to as a church even holistically uh identify and we have but like now that you've identified how do you how do you track it and everything uh what are our metrics and they're all value based ours are all value based through um giving serving prayer in the word uh being a part of a group being a part of a worship service and those are talking from a you know a large church across 14 campuses uh so what does that look like though in student ministry you know what is what are those how are they qualified and quantified and so on within our context so a lot of a lot of that still being worked out but again somewhat more value based uh in it but again i think the value goes hand in hand with the actual measure right uh, like, well we value intentional you know connection with parents and so we can quantify it by actually knowing if you're intentionally connecting with parents. Uh, in our context, what we primarily do track would be weekly attendance. Uh, you know, we have our students check in. We have leaders uh, check in as well. One of the things that we've done, we use Ministry Platform uh, as our database. We used to do Fellowship One. What do you, what do you guys use? <laughs> I like that. Uh, that I have that, a, that I response that is cute. everybody listening's response when it comes to talking about their Very database. Telling. <laughs> I was I was exercising self control and not making fun of something. No. Uh, we use CCB right now. Okay. And I've I never heard of it. Um, yeah. Church community builder, but we're all gradually moving over to planning center. But, oh yeah, yeah. The planning center okay. has built mm -hmm. out even yeah. more some of that stuff in which you can track attendance through and and everything. So so through ministry platform, what we do is th you know through our my Woodside leaders can go in and they can actually. Um, physically take attendance via their phones during groups. So we yeah. automate a text that goes out every week during our programming um, that with the link for them to go in and be able to, to track attendance, just given some of the, the physical way that we do it. Because one of the tensions that we've had is, well, how do you get students to check in? A lot of them, like, we'll just walk right by the computers or Without they, having bodyguards there stopping them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> While you're tra still trying to create a welcoming environment right. for students and you have a new person who are like, wait a minute, I have to check in. And they're what not if, even in the system. And Yeah. So, and you, you know, let's say those bodyguards aren't there anymore and uh, because the program has started. And so now they come in late to small groups. So being able to do that has been our catch-all. So our primary things that we will do is a weekly attendance, retreat attendance, mission trip attendance, um, 
And I keep using the word attendance, I think participation, right. you know, and engagement in it. Uh, and then um, baptisms and salvations. So uh, those are the, the primary things that, that we track. And that's pretty much how we track them as well. So, um, but Gina, I know, I know we're going to hop into another question, but Gina, as you were talking about that every Monday, you know, we're, we're updating this sheep. I know from, from myself, in my context, even being asked like, Hey, how is, how are these things being tracked? How well are they being tracked? And, you know, I could say, you know, give a percentage. Well, to 80% of students are actually checking in, or we have a 90%, you know, um, accuracy in regards to baptisms or, or records or whatever. And these are just hypotheticals throwing out. But that's this campus. That's my campus that I'm a part of. I, I can't answer that fully for the other camp. I'm sure some of the campuses, they might have similar numbers. Some might be less. Maybe some are higher. What's that been like for you getting alignment and getting buy-in and getting accountability on, on that weekly, weekly, you know, update thing. How, how long did it take you to get to this discipline of updating those, those yeah, numbers regularly? That is a really great thing to talk about because I was, I was driving this morning and I'm like, Oh my goodness, I haven't updated my metrics in like three <laughs> weeks, honestly. And no one's yelled at me yet. So I'm like, who's actually paying attention? Because if someone's not looking and keeping you accountable, then you're not going to do it. So I am using fun, like project management kind of things like a sauna or base camp or whatever it is um, to assign it to everybody. And then you can see if they've done it or not. I think that's helpful. Um, so the other thing that we did as a team is we came up with, here's the 10 things across all of our campuses and student ministry that we are all stacking hands on. And that's one great. of them is we're going to use the same database. Uh, because it's hard to run reports and know your metrics and dashboards if you're not all using the same database. So that's one thing. And then we've all, on the 10 things that we stack hands on, it's we're all going to turn in our attendance numbers by Monday at noon. So so me, I need to keep um, at our meetings saying, hey, what are those 10 things? And revisiting that. And then I'm like, okay, I need to step up here because I'm not doing what I said I'd commit to as a team. Yeah, and that's solid too because it they are they are things in which they are the team is committing to, right? It's not just a top-down thing, although you're influencing it and enforcing it. But part of that accountability comes from you as that student lead saying, this is... Um, this is what we're going to hold ourselves to. Yeah, I love what you guys said just about the accountability with a team, coming up with those things that you guys stack hands on. And um, Okay, so y'all have your numbers now, right? Mm -hmm. um, your metrics that you measure, um, you update them weekly, you're figuring out how to update them, how often to do it and everything. Um, but what do we do with the metrics now? Like we have them. Um, as a team, how have you guys looked back at the metrics, developed either different plans or what you value differently moving forward? How often do you change it? Um, what does that rhythm look like? And then how often do you take just feedback from that to implement different things? within your ministry based off your metrics? There's, uh, you know, the data is power, it really is. And I don't think 
we probably don't look at it enough, but there's two times that it's really, really helpful for us. One is around um, budget season when we're figuring out budgets for each campus. Um, looking at attendance really does help us to make informed decisions. And then the other is conversations around like our annual calendar, mm-hmm. how many kids showed up to something. When you do like those bridge nights or transitions like middle yeah. school to high school, like, okay, how many parents actually came? Well, that's good. Um, things like that. It helps you just really look at your calendar based on the data of what's worked and what's not. So those are two times of the year that we really look at it. That's right. And we're, there's probably a hundred better ways we could be using data than um, that we're not. I'd love to keep using data to make better decisions. Absolutely. Yeah, there is, I mean, there's always going to be that, that, that rhythm in which those are going to need to be informed decisions on our end, right, of, um, you know, after retreats and for however long seeing like, well, this continues to grow. And now we kind of got to the point where we need to make the decision based off the data and the metrics of how many people are participating. What are we going to do? Do we need to, we have to find a new location. We, um, there are greater costs. Do we need to charge more? Do we need to budget more? Do we need to do X, Y, Z because of what's showing us, uh, what, what's the data is showing, what we're measuring is, uh, even again, going back to effectiveness, like, Hey, we're not seeing students faithfully follow the Lord and being baptized. You know, do we need to make sure that we're being clear and uh, either connecting more with parents and championing that as they have those conversations? Uh, do we need to build in that rhythm in which we're regularly talking about baptisms? Do students even know the importance of yeah. being baptized and why we do it the way that we do it here? So I think those, even in that thing, like, oh, it's not just then, well, we only had 20 students get baptized this year, and two years ago we had 40. It's is there something greater that's happening there that yeah. we maybe just, as Chip and Dan Heath say, via curse of knowledge, would just assume was happening, but absent of our communication or intentionality with it, are not happening. Um, I think that this is also that that good time when anytime that you're, what do you do with these metrics? I think you need to have a conversation about them and see what comes to the surface, and then even see. Is this what we need to continue to stack hands on? Does something need to shift? Does something mm-hmm. need to change? Um, in uh, Austin's question, he ends this uh, by saying, I'm not convinced attendance is the best thing to track. And in some degree, I, I think that he would say like there is good in it. We all say there is some good in it. Absolutely. And on the other end, I do, I do agree that it's not just necessarily the best thing to track, one of the things that I've been working through, uh, and I don't know if we've talked about it on here, is essentially three segments of how you en- uh, gauge um, engagement and you know students. And one is going to be weekly attendance. But I think that we fall short and we um, are doing the church a disservice and ourselves a disservice is all it is is what we're basing student ministry health on is just average weekly attendance. The data shows that more and more people don't even attend church weekly. So it would be odd for us to hold ourselves to that standard. Like, hey, main service, it's okay if we're fine with the average being 1.7 times a month, whatever 1.7 means. Uh, (laughs) But for students, man, it's got to be, we care more about weekly. And I know, again, we do care about weekly attendance and main service, but we've allowed the, the, the framework to kind of shift as we're trying to understand where people are at and then how to best minister to them and how to best you know, 
teach that the, uh, the importance of being actively a part of the body of Christ, you know, that, that same thing needs to apply to the life of a student who is primarily being influenced by that same parent who is only attending church 1.7 times. And so I think that weekly attendance is that one category. And then I look for like active engagement. And this is still a little bit fluid, and I'm trying to still figure some of this out. And some of it's quantitative, and some of it's qualitative. That quantitative of, or if you have 28 weeks of school year programming, um, that they are engaged in, let's say, up to 10. Maybe it's more, maybe it's like that 5 to 10, depending on the, the, the season they're in. And that might seem low, but 10 is, you know, over 30% of the, of the time of them being there. They would call our ministry, you know, Oasis Awake. They'd call it home like this. Woodside's their church. Uh, their small group leaders know them. You know, like if I was to call up a small group leader and be like, hey, do you know why Madison hasn't signed up for a retreat yet? They can say, I was just texting with her yesterday. She hasn't been in group in a while, but they know Madison. They know her parents. They, they know her story. They're connected uh, with her. Yeah, maybe at one point, because she yeah. wasn't just attending 10 times. She was attending 15, or even in the five or 10 times she's attended, they've just been intentionally continuing to shepherd her. Um, and they would be a part of what would be a, a larger scale uh, thing that we do, like a retreat. Um, we generally see over 100% plus attendance for our retreats beyond our weekly attendance, right? So like if we have 150 students here weekly, we usually see 180, 190 students who are signed up for retreats. So weekly attendance, active engagement, and then just the everything else, like the database, right? So it yeah. could be like we have 150 weekly, we've got 400 actively engaged, and we've got 700 in our database. Uh, I think that's kind of the, the like a shift of when I would update them and you know, I, answering Austin's question here about attendance not being the best in the track, I think that we have to see it not just as weekly physical bodies showing up, but, you know, what that active engagement looks like. So. And who's engaged in your ministry and with your leaders, too. Yeah. Um, because I love that leaders are being intentional outside these walls. Um, but I want to ask a follow-up question to both of your statements here, um, just trying to, like, I guess give a little pushback, right? Um, so it sounds like you bring out these metrics mostly once a year whenever that budget season comes in, whenever that annual calendar planning, which are both like we need these metrics to do, you know, a great steward of our job. Um, but what if you made it quarterly that you went over these metrics um, and were able to make more adjustments along the way. Like that's where I'm thinking like, why couldn't that change a lot of your ministry during the year? A lot of adjustments that could come as you do ministry instead of waiting until that year mark every time and being like, oh man, like this, this area really suffered or we didn't do well here and we didn't notice until it was too late or um, until it was time to wipe that year clean and start a new one. Um, I'm not saying like y'all need to change, but just thinking through like, how could we use these metrics to be more effective in the ministry? We're not only doing every year, but throughout the year and continually. And I know, um, Gina, you had a question that you wanted to also bring into the light of metrics as well. Um, so I'll go ahead and hand it over to you to ask that. Yeah, now that is get huge, like quarterly, 
Um, it helps you course correct before it's too sure. late. That's so good. if yeah. you You're notice, more proactive at that point. Yes. Yeah, that's good. If you notice that at a campus, a bunch of students just stopped coming, or mid-year, a bunch of volunteers just quit. You're um, looking at um, kind of like, okay, what's going on here? Yeah. Um, like I love to look at what's our volunteer retention rate, and if you're not keeping volunteers. Um, more than a year, maybe there's a volunteer culture problem that needs to be fixed. And yeah, if students are just stop showing up, it helps you to like dig into that a bit. Like what's the culture at that campus? Is there something that I'm not paying attention to as a cross campus team leader that I need to be? Um, So Kim, I think that's a great reminder that Mm. knowing this stuff earlier, it, it helps us to fix things before it's too late. Yeah. yeah, And that's a good piece of data as well to be able to look at and to know, like, hey, on average, how often are, you know, how many years are your small group leaders, your volunteers serving within the, the ministry? And again, even qualitatively, right? Like what makes a great small group leader a great small group leader? Um, you know, so it's not just that, yeah, hey, we have this same person who's been showing up for the last six years. So it's like, man, we've We've got, a, I mean, we got a lot of leaders who are around here for years, but it's like, no, we have a lot of leaders that like aren't just warm bodies, but they're just actively engaging. And so I think that's good. I think that's good. And I think it does let you know the health of even a campus as Absolutely. well um, across the board. And for, I think one thing we haven't talked about real quick is it just came to my mind is that those measuring those metrics do allow you as a team to collaboratively get better. Because if you are looking at some of those, those metrics and you're like, Wow, this campus on average, they've got their small group leaders serving for five years. That's longevity, that's discipleship, that's intentionality. What are you doing at your campus to get your leader? What kind of community are you creating? Because if I'm another campus, and man, every year it looks like I'm trying to find 20, 30 plus new leaders. I want to know how I can better retain what's wrong with me or what's wrong with my system or what's wrong here. What am I not implementing correctly or being intentional enough with? Um, And same thing for students and down the line. So again, having those more frequent updates will... uh, would help with some of that. So Yeah, and I think not only with the team too, right? Um, But what does it look like multi-site with your campus pastor? Like, how are you taking these metrics? And um, I think even to say it further too, Joe, kind of what you just said, like metrics are very valuable and important and they tell a lot, um, but we don't want it to be the basis of what we do in or what we base everything off of in ministry. Um, we don't want to focus on them too much that it takes away from the ministry at hand or, um, from different, um, goals and life change that is actually happening within our ministry. Um, but what does it look like then to take not only outside of the team, but to your campus pastor, those metrics and have that accountability and communication? What do those conversations look like? And what do they even look for in your metrics? What are they expecting from your metrics? That's, I think that cross-campus communication is so important because if a, a student's team from all the different campuses that you're at, whether it's 2 or 15, if they know what they're measuring, but that supervisor or head of staff or whoever it is that you report to is looking at something different, then there's, there's a values conversation there. You're not on the same page. You're, there's not alignment. Yeah. Um, so there should be a lot of communication and it shouldn't be a secret what you're measuring and hopefully that there's enough communication and DNA of the context that you're in that you're all going after the same
same thing with the same vision, the same heart, the same strategy. Um, so, and my contacts, we write like playbooks, like this is how we measure how we're effective Love and it. it, and we share them with each other and campus supervisors have them. And, um, so it's just really helped us be on the same page by having That's things good. written down that we open up and share together. That's really good. I think even taking that same principle of what you shared earlier, Gina, in regards to how you look to have your team uh, collaboratively discuss what you're going to be stacking hands on, and then taking that directly to whoever it might be in the leadership position of, hey, this is what we are doing, and this is what we kind of agreed on, but we want to, before we formalize anything, we want to ask you guys, like, are we, is there anything that you don't see in here that you think should be in here? Mm-hmm. Um, or how, how does that best contextualize in your campus? What concerns do you have? Where do you think that your team member is at? Again, just inviting in what I think can often be a trap of just like, you know, at least not being transparent or not communicating those things. And so, um, yeah, I think that, uh, and what does that look like on our end? Again, a lot of it is, I'd say idealistic or aspirational, like what is it we're working towards? I think that formalization of, yes, this is what we're stacking hands on. This is what we're working towards. This is how we as campuses collectively work together uh, to achieve those things globally. Uh, and this is how, you know, individually your campus can be supported and encouraged and championed and challenged to grow uh, as such. And so I think that that partnership with those campus pastors and with any leadership just needs to continue to grow, be intentional, invite them in, um, which can be tough to do at times. Those 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 rhythms don't often present themselves, especially if you're already in a large organization that that doesn't come um, natural, hasn't, hasn't been there before. So Kim, in your your experience, your expertise, what are some things principally that uh, people could could do or trappings that they fall into when it comes to the communication um, with with upper leadership, mm-hmm. um, developing people, holding them accountable, even in your current role, right? You're looking to develop people and so you need to go back to your you know your boss and be able to say, yep, this is what we're doing, this is what I need, this is why I need this person who's managing these X amount of people to follow through on, on this, and this is not happening. So what are some things, What are you know, give me a bad and good. What are some good principal things for us to be aware of? What are some trappings that we can fall into when it comes to developing leaders and keeping accountability around metrics? So Absolutely. So. I think some trappings um, is speaking to what you guys just spoke to a little bit of the campus pastor and student um, pastor relationship. Often seen like when the campus, student pastor doesn't see the same vision or the same um, values as the campus pastor within metrics. The student pastor then just either stops communication, stops taking metrics, or just together like does not communicate any value back to the campus pastor. Therefore, that relationship is so strained Mm. and the metrics then are not there for when budget comes around when conversations happen about it right um so on like first and foremost the biggest thing is get on the same page and that's why I love the idea of the playbook Gina um if you and um the student team have come up with something 
you know, it's great that as a team you're stacking hands, but we want to make sure that like your supervisor, your campus pastor, their hand is in that pile as well, right? Like, because you're technically reporting to them most of the time, depending on how your organizational chart is set up. Um, but we want to make sure that, hey, whatever those values are that you are taking metrics on, that it matches the same as the campus pastors. And maybe there's more that are added into it at your campus specifically. And I think that can be beneficial depending on the context you're in and everything. Um, but really making sure that everybody's on the same page of those values, because oftentimes that is something that will just cause either tension or frustration because the campus pastor is saying, why aren't you hitting this? Or why aren't you even tracking it? And the student pastor doesn't want to bring up that conflict or that hard conversation of like, I don't value the same things you do. um, And we'll just blow it off. On the other end, um, you know, I think we see the beauty of it when it works well. Um, you see the championing and cheerleading of the campus pastor coming behind that student pastor, seeing the work that God is doing and no, being able to not only touch in intentionally and um, personally face to face, but hey, there's a great way that he can continually check in just to make sure like, sweet. They're taking metrics. This is how many students showed up last week. They can easily give reports to leadership teams up above to really cheer on the student team. And I think that's so valuable if to give any and all information upward, you know, it only allows greater championing um, when you're not in the room. Yes. And I think it also like that it's all ultimately only going to grab clarity and give more more things to celebrate. Absolutely. It's going to, you know, clarity on whether, hey, what's the direction we're going? Why are things stuck? And also, like, even on, like, things like, why did you need to buy 500 pounds of bacon? You know? <laughs> right. so, well, because we're growing. And it's yeah. bacon night. Yeah. And we need more. <laughs> so that makes me think, all right, let's end here on a fun note. Okay. Uh, Gina, you threw this idea out. I love it. If you can measure anything in student ministry, you can have one metric, two metrics of just whatever. What would you, what would you measure? What would you measure? Can, not sincere. Can it be like a dream, about, like, quantitative measure? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, like if gallon we could... buckets of tears from Saturday night at <laughs> oh retreat. You know, like, you know, that's what I'm talking about. So Okay, you're talking more like jokingly. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Pounds of Sour Patch Kids eaten t- together. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. You, go to, uh, you go to the Young Life Camp uh, Timberwolf that we <laughs> right, go to as right. well for our retreats. Uh, and I don't know if it's true of Young Life Camps across the board, but there is the Paul Bunyan, which is like ice cream that fa- feeds 20 plus students and also just a manifestation of disease and saliva in a pop. It's like, yeah, how how many pounds of puke after oh. you know shared Paul Bunyans and everything? So, yum. Uh, can you have any? Yeah, um, number of selfies taken um, oh. at a girls' night, or like even just on ministry like campus. I love, okay, I like that. Or yeah. Oh, we're about to head. We're recording this, and when we'll be heading out to retreat. I mean, how many TikToks will be recorded on our our, there you our go. retreats? Yeah, that's and a good number one. Number of TikToks recorded in the student ministry setting. <laughs> yes. <this year. laughs> that's Gina, do you have one? Yeah, I was thinking I would love to measure how much candy I give out and give in here to students. I'm I'm sure parents oh, yeah. don't want to know that number, but it's it's a lot and yeah. it's so fun. 
Oh, for sure. Just I, I wonder how much candy I've given out in my career. Mm. You know, like over 16 years. Pounds how many times pounds. have I just thrown, you know, just pounds and pounds of candy into the... Candy into shower. The, yeah, yeah, exactly. Oh, all right. So, you know, guys, this has been good. I appreciate the conversation. Um, and I hope that the, for those of you guys listening, that it's been beneficial. Uh, as you've heard, we don't have it all figured out. And uh, we're still aspiring to, to do so and working towards doing so. And it is always a work in progress when it comes to people. So feel free to send any questions our way. As we already kind of plugged uh, earlier, join the multi-site student ministry Facebook group. We'd love to have conversation with you and others um, as they're sharing ideas and resources and looking to figure out this thing called multi-site. Uh, and so thank you guys again for listening, for sharing, for your encouragement. Uh, we love you guys. Till next time. Bye. Bye. See ya.